What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We are two writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons now, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season, and this is now our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, what about that jersey reveal? We have now seen all of the jerseys, all four of the actual jerseys in six combinations of different jerseys that the Chargers are going to wear in 2020. Pretty positive reviews so far from what I've seen on social media. It seems like you guys really like them. So we're going to be opening up the show today with our reactions to those. The Chargers paying, you know, homage to all of the big jerseys of their past from the 60s, the 80s, the 2000s. So we'll talk about that in the first segment and everything else that's new with the Chargers jerseys. Before getting into the next part of our draft breakdown, and today we are talking about corners. We're going to be getting into eight corners that are coming up in this draft that could or could not make sense for the Chargers. So we're going to really only try to talk about guys that are realistic for the Chargers to have a chance at. So in the second segment, we'll be getting into some of the guys who go a little bit earlier. And then in the last segment, we'll talk about guys that might not be sixth or seventh round picks, but some guys that are going to go later on third plus round to wrap up the show. But let's go ahead and get into these jerseys. The Los Angeles Chargers have been hyping up a new jersey reveal the entire offseason. And very early Tuesday morning, we finally got to see them. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The moment that many Chargers fans were waiting for finally happened on Tuesday morning at 6.45 a.m. Pacific time when the Chargers finally revealed their new jersey. So the plan was for Joey Bosa to be live on Good Morning Football revealing the Chargers new jerseys. It didn't necessarily work out that way. The cast of Good Morning Football had the jerseys on and it was pretty hard to tell what they actually looked like and if I actually liked them or not but now we know that the Chargers have come out with four new jerseys four totally different jerseys that are all paying tribute to certain times of the past David and one of the combinations that we see is the powder blue top with the sunshine gold pants this is a combination we have not seen for a very long time not since the 60s then you also go to the royal blue which is more of the color rush jersey we've seen in the past you still have those color rush looking jerseys but they're more simple now they're more updated they look like a newer version of it and then they kind of threw everyone a curveball David when they decided to pay tribute to the jerseys of the 90s and the 2000s going with an entirely navy blue jersey navy blue top navy blue pants and also a navy blue bolt going down the side of them so David I think the main thing to take away from these jerseys is just the Chargers paying tribute to their past and I think at the end of the day one through four the jerseys turned out pretty good I mean how do you take the best uniforms in the NFL and make them better Uh, I guess to the Chargers that was a simplify the approach and also 
pay tribute to some of their great uniforms that they have had since their inception, since the 1960s. They got some absolutely incredible looking jerseys. They took the word Chargers off of the front of the jerseys. They also kind of made the, the bolts go over the shoulder. They brought back the gold face mask and a big popular hit. They returned the numbers to the top of the helmets. So some of the little nuances and, and little things that they added. But overall, I think the jerseys are incredibly clean. The navy blue color rush, the second color rush they added to the collection, seems to be one of the most popular jerseys among fans, and I can see why. I think it is definitely super clean. All these jerseys look like they're novelty-type jerseys, but the Chargers had the, the best uniforms in the NFL before this release, and they definitely have it still. If you want to see like the best representative sample of what these jerseys are going to look like, on the actual players go to the chargers instagram go to the chargers website there's a picture of actual players wearing the jerseys i think that kind of gives you the best idea of what they're actually going to look like because it was a little deceiving when you saw it on the host of good morning football i love the numbers being back on the helmets that's definitely a throwback and they're doing that for all of their jerseys but david i think for the most part for the chargers dropping this at 6 45 in the morning having the hype train that they've had having so many players going through and looking at these jerseys and giving their reactions the all navy blue uniforms really stand out you see the powder blue tops with the yellow pants the white tops with the yellow pants and they really just stick out and I think the main thing for the Chargers was just with such an iconic jersey and such an iconic uniform set not to mess it up and I think they did that job the Chargers didn't stray too far away from what they know they still made it exciting but also made it different while still paying tribute to the jerseys of their past. And the Chargers are well known for having some of the best jerseys in the NFL. And I think they lived up to it. And I think with the reaction that you've gotten from fans, the new face mask, the new helmets with the numbers on them, the new patterns of the jersey. David, overall, I think the Chargers hit a home run, at least with the public reaction right now. That's the way it seems. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's the overwhelming theme from all of the people, all the fans, all of the media members, all of the players. They all are all extremely excited about all these uniforms. And there's endless combinations. And there's also whispers that the NFL is going to allow a couple of different helmets next year so they can even get even more creative instead of just having a white helmet. Imagine them having a navy blue helmet or imagine them having a gold helmet. They could really change up uh, these six different uniform sets and they're already pretty diverse themselves i think my favorite one is the white with the gold pants and the powder blue socks i just think that look is so awesome and the fact that they're going to have multiple combinations with the white pants the gold pants i just think it's great that they're using all the colors that everybody likes and they also modernized it just a little bit so playing tribute to what they had but also giving it a little bit of a fresh tweak without changing it i think that was the best approach yeah i think so as well and when you have the kind of expectations the chargers have with their uniforms i mean that is going to come with some pressure so i think the delivery of how they drop them was not the best but as far as the overall look of the uniforms what they were trying to hit on what they are going to look like when the players actually put them on for the first time I think the Chargers did really good with it. Their social media team did a great job hyping it up. And the Chargers are trending on Twitter right now. So for a team trying to get its footing in Los Angeles, going into a new stadium, trying to create some buzz, 
they created a ton of buzz around these jerseys and they did their best job to just keep it simple, not change too much while modernizing the uniforms and having everybody still think that they're the best uniforms in the NFL. And I think they came away from this succeeding at that goal. But we do have two more segments to get into. It's time to break down cornerbacks, all the potential cornerbacks that could be on the Chargers next year if they decide to go that way in the draft, potentially wearing some of these new jerseys coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that Right now, it's more important than ever to not want to leave your house. I mean, I don't usually want to leave my house anyways, but now more than ever. If you guys are like me, you're probably getting tired of cooking all the time right now. So if you want something delivered to your house, there's only one place to get food delivered to you, and that is Postmates. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door given what's going on in the world. They created non-contact deliveries, which are so important. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I'm a bartender. I know I always appreciate, you know, when people are coming in just because the restaurant industry is struggling right now. And one of the ways you can support those local restaurants is by using Postmates and you don't have to have any kind of contact with the people from the restaurant or the delivery drivers themselves. So this is the best time to use Postmates. All you got to do is download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code LOCKEDONNFL, all caps, one word for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. When you download the Postmates app, anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, guys, well, let us catch our breath a little bit after that jersey reveal. Really crazy stuff. But now it is time to get into our draft profiles. And today, of course, we are getting into corners. So, David, we got into a lot of players. And I will just preface this like I have with every segment that we've done of the draft profiles, just by saying, hey, you know, we're not draft experts. But there's definitely guys we've looked at and we've watched a ton of film that we like a lot better than others. And now we're getting to the cornerback position, David which is one of the you know most important positions that the Chargers could address in this draft. I know I've seen people say that it's the most important they must get figured out in the draft because Casey Hayward is getting up there. Michael Davis is not the answer. So what is that position group going to look like in two years when Chris Harris Jr.'s contract goes up? Desmond King's contract goes up after this year. Casey Hayward will be you know have a big-time cap number. By that point, and Michael Davis is just on a year-to-year deal. David, this is the time for the Chargers. I mean, they probably already should have done it, but they need to address the future of that position in this draft. Yeah, when you look at the Chargers roster, there's not a lot of guys where you say, okay, I can see him being the answer long-term. Right now, there's some older guys, some guys that are still unproven, and that's why this is such an important position to address in the draft. They need to get younger, and they need to get more physical. But fortunately for them, Daniel, there's plenty of opportunities to do that in this draft. There's definitely some opportunities to do that in this draft, and I think there's a lot of players that are kind of like fringe 
first round, second round, maybe even might slide into the third round type of picks. And that's why it's so hard to kind of come up with how we're going to break this down. So not everybody on this list, as far as who we're going with in the first segment, in the second segment, the second segment might not necessarily be guys that are only going to go in rounds five through seven. They might go a little sooner than that, but I tried to pick out, you know, just some guys that we haven't really talked about a lot. I know we've talked about before that we are good with Jeff Okuda. we I agree that he's the best corner in this draft class right now, and I'd be okay with the Chargers, depending on how the board fell, if they went with him with the sixth overall pick. So the other guys we're not going to get into, guys like C.J. Henderson, guys like Christian Fulton, and some others, they probably won't be available when the Chargers come back around with the 37th pick. So there's a lot of guys to talk about. I'm not going to talk about Cameron Dancer because I've already broken him down, or Noah Igbenogany, but we have a bunch more to talk about here. So David, what we're looking for are guys that are going to come to the Chargers and fit into what Gus Bradley wants to do defensively, which is a heavy cover three zone scheme. So that might cover up some of the flaws of these players. And there might be some of these players that are better suited for man-to-man type of coverage in the NFL. So with the guys I had you look at, guys that could potentially go earlier on in the draft that could be realistic options for the Chargers, who did you go with first? All right, so the first guy that I took a look at today uh, was Jalen Johnson out of Utah. He does have a big frame. He's six foot one ninety three. He had okay speed rate. He ran a four five with his forty. He played three years at Utah. Some of the the things that are definitely in his favor. He has good size and length. He's definitely really good at in press when he's disrupting receivers' timing. He does he does that very very well. He has enough speed to stay with receivers. And, but I think that he was better on the shorter routes. Uh, some of the things that I did not like or that I need to see some improvement on is he lacks effort from time to time, and he definitely has no interest in tackling. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to get in there. You can see it. He's very apprehensive in the tape when you, when you turn it on. That's not his number one priority. He also needs to turn around and look for the football. I mean, I saw that a lot. He didn't do that, and that definitely got him into trouble. He, he got taken advantage of because... You know, whenever you see a cornerback's back, that's an easy target for a quarterback. If you're not looking at the ball, then you don't know what's coming. So that's something he needs to work on. And because of that, he struggled on the deep ball. I am not a huge fan of Jalen Johnson, Daniel. I don't really want the Chargers to take him. I don't know how well he fits either, but he's not the type of corner I think would really improve this defense. Well, I think if you're a Chargers fan and you hear doesn't like to tackle and doesn't turn his head around, the first thing you think of is Michael Davis. So you don't want a Michael Davis-like player to be trying to replace him. But some of the things he does pretty well is, you know, he has a decent reaction time when closing in on those shorter routes like you talked about. When he does get his head around, he is pretty good at high-pointing the football. And when he's in press, he usually gets a hand on somebody. But as far as the fit goes for the Chargers, I don't really see it. I mean, obviously, he was a second-team All-American last year, 11 passes broken up, two interceptions. He had four interceptions in 2018, so the guy can definitely play a little bit. But as far as his transition into the league, as far as taking a second-round pick you know, on him and spending that pick on him, I think the Chargers could probably improve the roster more elsewhere. So I'm not exactly sure if he would fit, but for what it would cost to get him, I'm not high enough on him to use that kind of pick. So I think, I don't know if he would be an option for me with the Chargers pick, but getting to the first guy that I had as far as a guy that could be taken early and could be an option for the Chargers with the 37th overall pick was Jeff Gladney out of TCU. And I know there's been a lot of comparisons to Jason Verrett because they're both kind of smaller players, 
both pretty feisty players that both went to TCU. So, I mean, I think for the 37th overall selections, it could be Jeff Gladney or it could be another TCU product in Jalen Rager. But there were a lot of things I liked about Gladney's game. I mean, the first thing was is just he's very patient at the line of scrimmage. You don't see him really panic and always grab a hold of guys right off the bat. He usually can stay calm and get the receiver going where he wants him to go and stays with him when he goes there. But he did have a couple like really splash plays. He had a great play against Purdue where he read a flea flicker, initially got sucked up, but bailed back out into his zone and ended up getting an interception. He likes to get involved in run support, which is not something you're going to hear about a lot of these guys that we talk about. There's a lot of guys that you know are happy to really just kind of get out of the way or you know throw a shoulder in there at the end of the play. Gladly is definitely not one of those players. The reason I like Jeff Gladney is I watched the game he had against Texas where he went up against Colin Johnson, who's like a 6'4 wide receiver that's in this draft class as well. And they had a hell of a battle. And for a guy who's pretty smaller, Gladney had a lot of fight and was really good at even when Johnson got his hand on the ball. Sometimes he's good at raking the ball and making plays on the ball. And that's why I like him fitting into the Chargers defense. A guy that can come up, react, go make a tackle, go get his hands on a football and break up a pass. Those are things that he does really well. And some of the things he struggled with were you know, getting his head around at times, but there was other times, you know, where he just kept his head on the receiver, made a play on the ball when it got there, which is something you want to see without interfering. But at the next level, that could end up drawing flags, which is a concern. And at certain times, he can get bodied by bigger wide receivers. But like I said, I really like the fight in him to usually stay with that guy and usually have and a chance to at least make a play on the football. So, David, getting into your second, you know, earlier round guy for the cornerback position that you think could go with the Chargers or could not go with the Chargers, who did you decide to go with? Well, before I jump into that, real quick on Jeff Gladney, I love the fact that he's a first first team all all conference guy and also had 14 pass breakups. So he's definitely going to get in there and disrupt. So the the guy I had, the second guy was going to be AJ Terrell out of Clemson, another big tall. Uh, physical type corner, six foot one, 195 pounds, has some pretty good speed, 442 on the 40. Uh, really love his technique. I think he's a, a, a good technician. He played at a big school at Clemson, had a lot of experience there. He's not afraid to tackle, which is one of the things that you know I got to see in my in my corners, and one of the things that is demanded of corners in the Chargers system. You got to be able to tackle. Uh, he turns his head around and he look. He tries to locate the football, which, like I said, is another thing that I have to see with the cornerbacks. I think that he does that well. He also has long arms that he uses to his advantage. I saw him, you know, lean out and and break up a couple of passes using those long arms. Some of the things that he needs to work on is he needs to take some better angles sometimes when he's trying to attack ball, like the ball carriers. He is a little handsy, and I think that might get him in trouble at the next level. Scouts say he only has average recovery speed, and he needs to be a little bit better in run support. He doesn't mind mixing it up, but I think he needs to improve in that area. Overall, I like A.J. Terrell. I enjoyed his tape. I would not mind seeing him in a Chargers uniform. Yeah, and I think he would play well in what the Chargers want to do. I mean, I think he would be probably better suited for man coverage. I think just with his size, with his speed, his ability to stay with receivers downfield. And I mean, it's really hard to kind of judge someone based on getting burned by LSU, right? I mean, they absolutely torched almost everybody. The next Everyone. guy, I'm, yeah, the next guy I'm going to talk about also got torched by them too. So I mean, that's not a rare occurrence when going up against LSU, but. I definitely liked what I saw from him. I think he has a lot of skill and is definitely going to produce in the right system 
at the next level. But having that, you know, we know how much Gus Bradley values a guy that's big and tall and has length and has that kind of speed. I mean, that's exactly what he likes to go for. So I think he's definitely a guy that the Chargers could potentially be trying to target if he falls out of the first round. But we'll see what happens. I mean, he definitely could possibly be a first-round pick. So we'll have to see. But I definitely think there's some things that you really like about him. So getting to my last guy and getting to a guy that there's a lot of things to like about him and a lot of things that I don't like about him, and that's Trayvon Diggs, Alabama corner, who's the younger brother of Stephon Diggs, which I literally actually just learned today as I was reading these notes. I knew Stephon Diggs had a brother in college, but I didn't know what his name was or, or where he played. So that was on me. But at first, just first looking at him, I mean, he's 6'1", 205, almost 33-inch arms. He's big, he's tough, and he wants to get up in the face of wide receivers, impress them at the line of scrimmage, and turn and run with them if he has to. But he's another guy who got torched by LSU, and he's another guy that... If he doesn't land the hit on the press, I would have big concerns about him just because I think that's so important. I think you see a different type of player when he can't land that. But, I mean, there's just a lot to like about him. He has great ball skills that would remind you of his brother. He has that length to really break up passes on on deep balls and just contesting catches and all of those things. He has that. But there was just too many times where I saw receivers getting away from him, getting past him at the press, and just having him try to play catch-up the whole time, which is not something you're going to be able to do at the NFL level. So he's a guy that, I mean, has all of the physical traits that you look at him and you think that's a corner you would want on your team just because he's so big. But the other thing that about him that for a guy as big as him and as physically imposing looking, I would have liked to see him be more involved in the running game. I mean, for the size that he is and what he should be able to do, he was pretty timid around the line of scrimmage. He was pretty timid around the pile, which I was hoping he would be a guy who's going to come in there and absolutely blast someone if they're getting held up and go and try to strip the football and other things like that. But there's a lot to like. I don't know if he's necessarily a fit with the Chargers. You probably, as another guy that you'd have to take, with the 37th overall pick. So I don't think he would be my pick there, but I could see why people would like him so much. I mean, he looks like he could have a lot of upside in the NFL, but we do have one more segment to get into. We have four more corners that we have to get into in the 2020 NFL draft, which is coming up this Thursday, coming up right after this. All right, David. Well, now it's time to get into the second batch of corners that we're going to be breaking down from this draft class. And this is a pretty talented corner draft class, but I think there's, you know, a couple of guys that are going to go really early, CJ Henderson and Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. But there's a lot of guys that, I mean, could go at the end of the first and could end up going in the fourth round. So for the first one, I know you're going to talk about this is a guy that's, you know, might not necessarily be there in the later rounds, but he could definitely be there potentially in the third round because when you have so many corners that are so tightly graded as far as teams' perspectives on them, somebody is going to slip to the Chargers. So, David, when we're looking at these guys, the Chargers could get potentially in the third round or later. Who was the first guy you decided to go with? So, uh, a running mate of Jeff Okuda at Ohio State, uh, the guy who played opposite him was Damon Arnett, and he was a, a big, tall guy, six foot. 194 pounds. It's one of the things that jumps uh, off the screen right away is this guy is not afraid to lay the wood. He will tackle, and he you can tell that he enjoys it, and that's something that popped right away. I love that. He definitely excels in press. He will get physical with the receivers and kind of disrupt their timing. He does turn around and look for the football. He has a lot of high-leverage experience playing at Ohio, played against a lot of NFL-caliber talent. 
He also returned his only interception in 2019 for 96 yards and a house call. So that was a very exciting play. And he also has experience and he played well both outside and in the slot. So he brings some versatility. Some of the things that, you know, are probably a little bit of a knock is that he doesn't have elite speed. He's only a four, five, six guy. Uh, he does get kind of lost in traffic, uh, although he definitely wants to go mix it up and make the tackle. He doesn't exactly shed blocks very well, and his transitions look a little difficult. He doesn't have great length, um, and that definitely hampers him sometimes. And some of the scouts have said that he needs to control his emotions on the field. He definitely is an emotional player. He does the, the pass breakup sign pretty much every time after he makes a play, and that might get him in trouble at the next level. But overall, Damon, Damon Arnett was one of my favorite guys that I watched, and I think his game translates beautifully to the NFL and to the Chargers. I think if the Chargers draft him, he comes in and he makes this team better right away. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think he's a guy that could definitely compete at that second corner. So obviously a big part of his game is being able to jam someone at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he likes rerouting wide receivers and that always messes up the timing, especially on shorter routes and stuff like that. Obviously going into Gus Bradley's heavy heavy cover three zone scheme, it's going to be something we haven't seen him do a lot. But the one thing we did see from Damon Arnett is a lot of targets just because he was on the opposite side of Jeffrey Okuda. So we got to see him in action. We got to see him tested. And, you know, you have to love those guys that are willing to come up and run support. And going into Gus Bradley's system, one of the things that that, that could really help is just covering up some of that pretty average speed, four, five, six, forty. So that's going to be a speed that can get B at the NFL level. And you can get a little bit of help over the top if he goes to Gus Bradley's team. So obviously him as a third round pick, it's a little unlikely, but it wouldn't be my least favorite pick at cornerback. I definitely think he could give Michael Davis a run for his money. So now I get to go into my first later round guy, which is a guy that I've seen, I mean, all over the place in mock drafts. And that's Meek Robertson from Louisiana Tech. And it's easy to see why people like him, David, because he's just a little guy who's a pit bull, right? I mean, you've seen a bunch of clips of him just going up against much bigger receivers and not even letting them get off the line of scrimmage. You just see how feisty he is, how he's always trying to chip in on plays, give that extra little push on plays that, I mean, could end up being penalties if he's not careful, but you just have to love the aggressiveness that he plays with, the ability when the ball is in the air. I mean, for a guy as small as him, he shouldn't be able to contest as many passes as he does, especially because he's not, you know, super long either. So, I mean, some of the pros are just, you know, how sticky he is, how he stays in receiver's hip pockets, and he's feisty. He has pretty good ball skills and, of course, just having that pit bull mentality. He's not going to make a ton of plays in the running game just with his size, and that's, you know, durability is definitely an issue at 5'8", 180 pounds. So I think one of the things he's going to really have to try to get better at at the NFL level is just making tackles more consistently, not flying up at 100 miles an hour and diving at the legs of the ball carrier. I mean, another thing is too is just when you're as small as him, I mean, you're using everything you can to your advantage. So a lot of times that leads to him, you know, grabbing onto jerseys and really hitching a ride to receivers down the field, which keeps him really close. But David, I don't know if he's a fit for the Chargers defense and what they like to do, but it's hard not to root for a guy who plays like he does. No, I mean, you got to love his tenacity. And also, I mean, this is a guy who had 14 interceptions in his college career. So he was very, very effective when he got a chance to get his hands on the ball. He he brought it in more times than not. That's definitely the, a different type, a special type of production that you don't see from a lot of these corners. 
Uh, but the next guy that I got uh, is going to be a later round guy more than likely. This is going to be Reggie Robinson out of Tulsa, another large corner. There is a lot of them in this draft, man. Six foot one, 205 pounds. And, uh, man, he's a physical corner, obviously. A big tackler, which is another thing I enjoyed. He had good hands. His last, he, he progressively got better year after year after year, and his senior year was his best. He had three interceptions and 13 passes defense. So that's one thing I got. I love to see it was a guy who progresses and gets better year after year. That means he's going to receive coaching, and he's able to get better. I mean, a lot of guys are just going to de- depend on talent, and they don't really listen to coaches, but this is a guy who clearly did. He definitely looks a little bit stiff. He plays the man too much, which was one of the big problems for me. He doesn't really look for the quarterback. He doesn't have tremendous recovery speed, and according to some scouts, he does have some struggles when it comes to mirroring wide receivers, so that is definitely a little bit of a problem. But for a later round guy, who a guy you can probably get in the fifth, maybe sixth round, he could come in and provide some quality corner play and also have some room to grow. Yeah, and I think he opened some people's eyes at the combine or just with his 40 time running a 4-4-4-40. I mean, that's pretty good speed to go along with that size. So just as far as physical attributes go, I mean, he has all of those things. And for a player like this, especially coming from a smaller school, you're not probably going to get a starter out of this, especially not right away as we look at these guys that are going to go later on. But if, you know, a fifth round pick turns into a core special teamer and can turn into good depth for you down the road, that's not a guy that you want to turn down. And that I mean, if you end up being a good quality backup, that's absolutely worth a fifth or sixth round pick, as as unpopular as an opinion as that might be. But if you're looking for a corner this late, it's hard to, you know, you're going to be hard pressed to think that that guy's going to come in and necessarily be a starter week one. And I don't think that you would get that with this, but as far as physical attributes go, being a willing tackler, being a ball hawk and making plays on the football, that is going to get you noticed and that's going to get you on an NFL team and get drafted probably somewhere around day three. So getting into my last guy was a guy I've seen in a lot of mock drafts getting taken in the sixth or seventh round. And it's another guy that kind of fits that same mantra of just like, this probably is going to be a special teamer. He might not have starter upside. And I know I've used that term with a lot of players talking about, you know, maybe he starts as this and ends up as this, but With Lamar Jackson from Nebraska, not the Lamar Jackson you're thinking of. It's weird because there's an A.J. Green cornerback in this draft. There's also a Lamar Jackson cornerback in this draft. Lots of copycats, Dan. Yeah, definitely. And there's another Diggs, that cornerback. I mean, there's there's a lot of repetition going on with these guys. But I was excited to watch him just because he has really good size. He has good length. He is pretty physical. But there was a lot of things I didn't like. I mean, basically what you're getting with this guy is just the size and the length. I mean, of course, Gus Bradley wants a guy who's about 6'1 and is a little bit bigger, but he's a guy who ran a pretty average 40. He's not. He doesn't have great speed. He doesn't really click and close like you would want to see in Gus Bradley's defense where he can really snap down and try to break up passes underneath, which is something the Chargers have struggled at and I want to see them improve at. And just some of the other things, I mean, it seemed like guys just kind of got loose from him a little too easily. I mean, it just seemed like out of the break, receivers were just getting two and three yards of separation at ease. And with all of that said, at least the one thing you could do is be a really good tackler in the running game and be very physical. But that was not him. I mean, he was just 
maybe average at best, but didn't seem super interested. Wasn't really a form tackler either. So he's a guy that you know, maybe you put him in the right situation. You can keep him up near the line of scrimmage with his average speed and just have him get a press on somebody and really alter their route. But for the Chargers, I mean, this was a pick that I, I watched the film and I was just like, well, that one didn't work out. So uh, Lamar Jackson is not going to be the answer for the Chargers as a cornerback coming, you know, in the later rounds. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know, to see the Chargers end up taking somebody like him or A.J. Green if it gets down to that point and they still haven't addressed that need on the roster. So that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you to everyone for being so patient with the show. I know we came out with it a little bit late because we wanted to get our reactions to those jerseys. So let us know in the voicemails what you guys think of the jerseys so we can get your reactions to them. But until next time, guys, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page at LockedOnChargers as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. If you guys want to call into the voicemail line, the number is 323-524-7924 and every Chargers voicemail gets played on the show but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow probably breaking down two position groups there's two i want to get to offensive linemen and linebackers i'm not sure how it's going to break down yet but we will have some more draft coverage for you tomorrow and then of course the next day will be the nfl draft so get ready guys get excited we're excited but we will talk to you tomorrow take it easy and go bolts